Genesis 26. There was a famine in the land. Besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham, Isaac went to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, to Gerar. Yahweh appeared to him and said, Don't go down into Egypt. Dwell in the land, I will tell you. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with you and will bless you. For to you and your seed I will give all these lands, and I will establish the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. I will multiply your seed as the stars of the sky, and will give to your seed all these lands. In your seed will all the nations of the earth be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Isaac lived in Gerar. The men of the place asked him about his wife. He said, she is my sister, for he was afraid to say my wife, lest he thought the men of the place might kill me for Rebekah because she was beautiful to look on. It happened when he had been there a long time that Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked out of a window and saw, and behold, Isaac was caressing Rebekah, his wife. Abimelech called Isaac and said, behold, surely she is your wife. Why did you say she is my sister? Isaac said to him, Because I said, lest I die because of her. Abimelech said, What is this you have done to us? One of the people might easily have lain with your wife, and you would have brought guilt on us. Abimelech charged all the people, saying, He who touches this man or his wife will surely be put to death. Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year 100 times what he planted. Yahweh blessed him. The man grew great and grew more and more until he became very great. He had possessions of flocks, possessions of herds, and a great household. The Philistines envied him. Now all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham his father, the Philistines had stopped and filled up with earth. Abimelech said to Isaac, Go from us, for you are mightier than we. Isaac departed from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar and lived there. Isaac dug again the wells of water, which they had dug in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. He called their names after the names by which his father had called them. Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there a well of springing water. The herdsmen of Gerar argued, with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, The water is ours. He called the name of the well Essek, because they contended with him. They dug another well, and they argued over that also. He called the name of it Sitna. He left that place and dug another well. They didn't argue over that one. He called it Rehoboth. He said, For now Yahweh has made room for us, and we will be fruitful in the land. He went up from there to Beersheba. Yahweh appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, your father. Don't be afraid, for I am with you and will bless you and multiply your seed for my servant Abraham's sake. He built an altar there and called on the name of Yahweh and pitched his tent there. There Isaac's servants dug a well. Then Abimelech went to him from Gerar and Ahuzath his friend and Phicol the captain of the host. Isaac said to them, Why have you come to me since you hate me and sent me away? They said, We saw plainly that Yahweh was with you. We said, Let us now 
Let there now be an oath between us, even between us and you, and let us make a covenant with you, that you will do us no harm. As we have not touched you, and as we have done to you nothing but good, and have sent you away in peace. You are now the blessed of Yahweh. He made them a feast, and they ate and drank. They rose up some time in the morning and swore one to another. Isaac sent them away, and they departed from him in peace. It happened that same day that Isaac's servants came and told him concerning the well which they had dug, and said to him, We have found water. He called it Sheba, means oath or seven. Therefore the name of the city is Beersheba. Beersheba means well of the oath or well of the seven to this day. When Esau was 40 years old, he took his wife Judith, the daughter of Beeri the Hittite, and Basimath, the daughter of Elon the Hittite. They grieved Isaac and Rebekah's spirits. Lots of things are in this chapter, and it starts with Isaac making the same mistake that his father made twice. He lied about his wife, said that she was his sister to try to protect himself. It got caught and uh, you know, the whole situation happened in very similar way to what Abraham did two times. And I think we can learn from this that children copy their parents. <laughs> you know, some people wonder, why does the same type of story keep popping up in the Bible? Well, we know that as parents, we tell our children to do things sometimes, but sometimes we don't do very well the thing we want our children to do, and they end up copying us. And Abraham, he had a certain way of behaving, which was seemed right to him, but here we've got Isaac doing the exact same thing. And so parents, we have to be mindful, not just about what we say, but about what we do as well. Then we've got a situation where Isaac goes on to dig a series of wells. Now these were wells that his father had dug or his father's servants had dug, but they had been filled in by the Philistines and he has to redig them. Several of the wells get kind of argued over and he doesn't keep them, but he ends up digging a well at Beersheba and he keeps it. And um, I've heard preachers over the years talk about this illustration and they say that we have to redig the wells of our fathers. You know, Isaac is redigging the well of his father. In other words, there's things in in spiritual life, in church life, things that our fathers in the, in the faith have done. There's you know victories they've had in faith and victories they've had in prayer, but over time, people take them for granted and you know the faith grows cold and it's almost as though we've got to redig those wells again. In other words, we've got to go back to things that we saw when we were kids, things that we saw pastors do before us and we've got to like lay hold of them and say, I'm gonna find God in that thing again. And um, sometimes you, you say to yourself, you know, where are all the young people? Or, you know, why are the young people so cold? Well, you know, when you were a young person, there was someone pleading in prayer for you. And now it's your turn to plead in prayer for other young people. And if you're a young person, you shouldn't just rest on the faith of your parents, but it's time for you to get on your own knees and say, I'm going to find God for myself. Every generation needs to find its own grace and find its own breakthrough. And on one hand, we stand on the, genera- on the shoulders of the generation before, but on the other hand, we have to find God afresh for ourselves. Both of these things are true. So we have to redig the wells of our fathers as well as dig new fresh ones for ourselves too. And at the end of this chapter, we see... Esau marrying local women. 
Now, Isaac, he got a wife from his own family. He did not marry the local women. And Abraham was really concerned that he didn't do that. But here, Esau doesn't seem to care about that. And it says that Isaac and Rebekah were grieved. In the last chapter, Esau didn't seem to care about his birthright. Now he doesn't seem to care about marrying the local women. Something wrong with Esau's heart. There's a disrespect for his parents in all of this. And you know, the Ten Commandments tell us to honour our father and our mother. The Ten Commandments didn't exist yet at this point in history, but they didn't have to exist for, for people to know that we should honour our parents. Like if you go back to that story where Noah's two sons they showed great honour to their father, but one son didn't. You know, that honouring was just in the heart of those two boys. And here we've got a situation where Esau did not have honour in his heart towards his parents. And it's a concern. And so I think there's lots of lessons we can learn, but the final lesson of this chapter is, is just to say, you know, we've got parents, we've got spiritual parents, and we need to consider what they say, not to grieve them, but, to, but they know better things. They've been around longer. They've had a heart for God before us. They've walked in the ways of the Lord before us. And we need to, to show honour towards these people. So, Father, I ask you to drive these truths home into our heart, this truth of honouring our parents, and, um, but also this truth of, of redigging our father's wells and finding a breakthrough for ourselves and uh, finding God afresh in our own generation. I ask, Lord, that this grace would be given to us, Lord, and for everyone who's listening to me today and who's feeling a bit blah about their walk with God or feeling a bit like it doesn't matter, give to you right now, the person listening, the grace to not be blah, but to find God in a fresh way. In Jesus' name, amen.